Hey guys, uh, welcome to episode one of another fucking horror podcast. Another one. Another yes. one. Yes. Just when you thought there weren't, there weren't, there were enough. There are too many. But no. there's another one. No, there aren't enough. <laughs> one more. That's all we need. My name is Monique Sanchez. My name is Amy Traden. And this is a true crime and paranormal podcast. Yes. Anything weird, anything interesting, anything morbid. Yeah, anything we want to talk about, really. Yeah. Um, but we're into, like, weird shit, so... The weirdest shit. The weirdest shit, but the coolest shit. The coolest shit. And everyone else is sick of listening to us talk about it, so we got together and we were like, fuck yeah. everybody else, we're going to listen to each other, and maybe, just maybe, someone might find this interesting. Yeah, and now we're putting this on you, so welcome, listener. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Uh, so do you want to go into our background a little bit? Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, so Amy and I really don't know each other very well. Uh, we know each other three months. Three, change. just about, yeah. Uh, we met doing a job uh, that was not this. And I listened to a lot of horror podcasts and true crime podcasts. And, and I mentioned listening to to one about uh, a series about lobotomies and then Amy was about it. I and... lost my goddamn mind and <laughs> yelled that this man had won a Nobel Prize. He fucking was, won a Nobel Prize. It's the craziest thing in the world and anytime anyone tries to like think like, oh no. But you basically were like, I'm about this life and then I just channeled my Madeline Kahn in Young Frankenstein yes. when she sees the monster's dick and it's like, sweet mystery of life at last I found you <laughs> and uh, and then uh, a friendship was born and uh, and then a month or so later I approached you about doing you proposed I proposed, you proposed I did <laughs> that we might said yes I said yes uh, to do a horror podcast and here we are kids here we are Yes, I had decided that I was done with friends, and then I met you, and I was like, ooh, fuck, I gotta make an exception, because yeah. Monique is too cool, too interesting. I'm kind of the bomb.com. You are the bomb.com. It's a thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hashtag obsessed, as we say, <laughs> constantly with one another, yes. obsessed with you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, new best friends, and bonding over all of the weird shit that we yeah. find interesting in our lives. So things you can expect from the podcast, you guys are going to get... A true crime story and a paranormal story and I'm somehow having difficulty saying paranormal but um, <laughs> that's fine we're gonna let it great I can't great. say manipulative for the life of me as that's, you can was that right I don't even know it was really close it's <laughs> <laughs> thank you I told you for the life of me I cannot say it was really close it's, though. it's always really close it's, it's never you know, spot on but it wasn't like a supposedly like that's, oh, yeah. that's, 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 no, no, that's I didn't do that. Horrible. That's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, I think I'm, oh, uh, yeah, so I think I'm gonna. You're gonna go first. I'm gonna go first. Amy's scared and she doesn't want to go first. So I she am... is forcing Monique <laughs> to go first. We're gonna get this, this bad boy going. Um, so one of the things, one of the many things that Amy and I bonded over when we met was that Amy is the only person I know who has not only seen, but thoroughly enjoyed celebrity ghost stories. Uh, yes. 100 fucking percent. Again, you were the only person I've ever met who knew of that show and yes. liked that show. Everyone in my entire family thought I was a fucking crazy person for watching it and they like, shamed me. Categorically wrong. Shamed me so hard. Categorically wrong. What's your mother's name? 
Diana. Diana, you're wrong. <laughs> she <laughs> she probably humored me, to be fair. Like, like Diana, you raised an incredible woman, but you're objectively wrong. Like celebrity ghost stories. Um, so this story I'm going to regale you all with is inspired by my favorite episode of Celebrity Ghost Stories. Fuck yes, dude. And I'm going to be covering the Hotel Chelsea. Oh, okay. Um, so first, sources. I took from, I got stuff from Wikipedia, ChelseaHotelBlog.com, SeeksGhosts.Blogspot.com, AllThat'sInteresting.com, Forever80sBlog.com, BookRiot.com, HauntedPlacesToGo.com, NBCNewYork.com, Haunted Travel USA, and of course, Celebrity Ghost, ghost Stories. <laughs> so, uh, okay, first of all, holy fuck, I do have like four resources, so. No, that's fine. Okay. No, that's totally fine. <laughs> I just like don't know how to not yeah, look at all of the things. Like, oh, yeah. I just become obsessed with the thing and I'm like, I need to find out everything I have to about absorb it. everything possible. Yes, yes. So, the Hotel Chelsea. Also known as the Chelsea Hotel, or just the Chelsea, opened in 1884 and is located in the Chelsea neighborhood of Manhattan on 23rd Street between 7th and 8th Avenue. And when the Hotel Chelsea was constructed, it gained popularity as being the single tallest structure in New York City, but it's also rumored to be in New York State as well, at a whopping 12 stories. Oh, shit. Shit, Hold on. right? I know. Get your fucking panties together. Um, and with we're two, half that now, that's not even, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, it's also 1884. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> they don't know. 12 stories, uh, had 250 units, a red brick exterior with ornate iron balconies, uh, and it's, and in its interior was just as impressive and had this grand staircase extending up all 12 floors. Have you seen the, uh, I have not seen the hotel so, Chelsea and I'm excited that you're doing one that's like close to us. It's local. Yeah. So I uh, have, um, we did not say this, but we are in, New Oh York yeah. Currently New York. New York, New York, New the, York. I guess, well, technically we're in Bay Ridge. Brooklyn, we're, yes, New York. we're in Brooklyn right now, but, but you yes are actually, I am. Yeah. Nope. I was like, I'm close. So this is what it looks like. Monique has visual aids. She, oh, that is fantastic. Isn't it fucking beautiful? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I ridiculous? Where is this in the city? So it's 23rd Street between 7th and 8th. Oh, I, so oh, currently, I had to have walked by it. At some you point. had to. Have, it's just yeah. the thing is, is that like for the last, we'll get into it, but it's been, uh, it's like scaffolded over. So you wouldn't notice. Oh, so it looks like shit. Yeah, Like yeah. half of New York. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'll put, I'll put um, the visual aids on the Instagram. Um, Yay. Yeah, right? Um, So in 1966, the Hotel Chelsea was designated a New York City landmark. And in 1977, it was added to the National Register of Historic Places. And why is that? Because the Chelsea was the center of Bohemian culture. And it was the home to numerous writers, musicians, artists, and actors. And to give like the most abridged list of these like insanely famous occupants. Lay it on me. Okay. We have Patti Smith, Allen oh, Ginsberg, okay. Jack Kerouac, Mark Jesus. Twain, Bette Midler. All right, settle down. Pink Floyd, Jimi <laughs> Hendrix, Jim Morrison. Arthur C. Clarke wrote 2001 A Space Odyssey no. while staying at the fucking Shut Chelsea. The fuck up. Fuck yeah. Um, Bob Dylan wrote Sarah and Sad-Eyed Lady of the Lowlands while he was staying there. Andy Warhol and Edie Sedgwick um, filmed the 1965 short The Chelsea Girls There, and Edie eventually ended up living there for a bit. 
Arthur Miller lived there for six years after his divorce from Marilyn Monroe with his daughter, Rebecca Miller, who I was today years old when I found out is the wife of Daniel Day-Lewis. What? Yeah. So apparently Daniel Day-Lewis is married to Arthur Miller's daughter. Which I had like, no fucking idea. No, literally oh. not same. No, not at all. All right. Um, Good for them. Right? Yeah. Congratulations. Exactly. Good stock, <laughs> as they would say. Um, uh, and Arthur Miller wrote After the Fall there, which was about uh, Marilyn Monroe, his time with Marilyn Monroe. It was kind of super yes. shitty, but yes. Oh, so to get super sexy, Janis Joplin and Leonard Cohen had an affair oh. while they were both living there. And Naughty. Right? And Leonard Cohen goes into detail about it in the uh, song that he wrote, uh, Chelsea Hotel Number 2. Oh. It's it's kind of graphic. It graphic. It's oh, pretty graphic. I, like, damn, at the top, he talks about like getting head while he's on a hotel bed in the Chelsea, and you're like, and it's apparently Janis Joplin. Um, well, all right, then. You know, people got to, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then for a shout-out to, to my bestie, one of my bestie Beeves, who loves Madonna, Madonna shot her 1992 sex book there. Do you remember this? No. Oh, she did like... A sex book? It was like a photo... For real, though. Like an actual physical sex book. Yeah, and it's her like with like Rico Suave and like in her and shit. It's... Is it like a... What? Is it's it like, like a photographs? Co- it's like a coffee, like a coffee table, table book, book of like pictures of her. And it's Naked like her being like... It, she's not Madonna, she's Dita. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. It's hard eye roll. You can't see my eye roll. No, yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah, audible eye roll for sure. Yeah. And it's it's like all of these famous people and Vanilla Ice and stuff, and they're in, because she was dating Vanilla Ice at the time. 1992 oh, was a fucking time, guys. <laughs> I don't think I ever realized that Madonna dated Vanilla Ice. I thought it was I oh, only yeah. about Dennis Rodman, really. Oh, no. He broke up with her because of the fucking sex book. <laughs> Even though he was in it, and then he's like, wait, but like all of these fucking dudes are like in this too, and it looks like you're banging all of them. She's like, but I'm not though. And it's like, yeah, but it looks like it, and I look like an asshole. Yeah. Is she banging him in the book? Like, is it sexy photos? Or... It's super sexy photos. It's Ooh, super like, that's like, right in my alley. like nakedness. But not a pot- <laughs> And like, it's, they're super sexy photos. Um, so she shot that at the Chelsea. It's- this gets asked. There's no penetration, obviously. In these no, okay. there's no, there's no penetration. It's just sensual. It's 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 nudity. Yeah, lots of nudity. Tons. Full frontal. Yeah, uh, yeah. All both. of it. All of it. Damn. Them. Yeah. Across okay. the board. And then, All right. And then the the illusion, I guess, of like beaches. Okay, so like you can see the back of her head, and she's down there. Yeah, sort and then, of thing. then a butt. The illusion. <laughs> I love that. Okay. We may or may not have had two gimlets before we started this. <laughs> I was going to wait until I fucked something up really bad to admit that, no, but I'm, I'm glad we're getting that out ahead of time because that's where I'm at. Uh, um, these are treating me well. I've never, I've only had one gimlet before in my life, and that one was shitty. This one's better. This one is better. Monique made them, and she's a fantastic bartender. Thank you. I've dated enough of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to the story. So the Chelsea is considered the second most haunted place in New York City. With the New York Public Library on 42nd being the first, I'm which sorry. I don't know what the fuck what that's happened about. to the fucking library. That I don't so many goddamn know. Ghosts. I don't know, but we gotta figure it out. We gotta go to the library, maybe. I mean, I mean, I've been there and nothing's happened. <laughs> Disappointing. So I don't know what the fuck. Um, so the hotel has a has long been followed by rumors of ghosts, ghouls, and lost souls wandering its hallways, and with its rich history as a frequent host of cultural icons. 
It's the second most haunted place in New York City. Yes, besides the library. Besides the library. This goes like And the we're going to talk about some of the stories as to why that may be the case. Okay. So, the first is we're going to talk about the most well-known death at the Chelsea, which was the death of Nancy Spungen. Okay. Who was the girlfriend of Sid Vicious. Okay. Who's the basis of the Sex Pistols. Yes. So, Nancy was a groupie from Philadelphia who was born on February 27th, 1958, and she moved around a lot following punk bands like the New York Dolls and the Ramones and, oddly enough, Aerosmith, who was... Is that a punk band? Not Since a punk when? band. Yeah. That was in the mix. I mean, Steven Tyler <laughs> sure, you know, in whatever. the 70s. Sure. I get it. So in 1977, she moved to London to follow the punk band Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers. And while she was in London, she met Johnny Rotten, who was the lead singer of the Sex Pistols. She was initially interested in Johnny, and he was just, like, not about it. So she quickly changed uh, her attentions to Sid Vicious, and immediately they became inseparable. And Sid and Nancy, for those who don't know, had this very obsessive, abusive, codependent relationship that involved a fuck ton of drugs, specifically heroin. So when the Sex Pistols broke up in 1978, Sid and Nancy moved into room 100 at the Hotel Chelsea. And on the evening of October 11th, 1978, they decided to throw a party and have a bunch of friends over to the hotel room. And several people who attended said they saw Sid ingest as many as 30 tablets of Tuanol, which is a really strong barbiturate. And 30 tablets is a fuck ton more than... fuck ton, That's a fuck ton more than most people could even survive. Yeah. But because, you know, the two of them were raging drug addicts. Pretty high um, tolerance at that point. You know, yeah. yeah. So, so he that's just, just like a Tuesday. Right. So he just passed the fuck out. Okay. So at 2.30 in the morning, Nancy asked Rocket's Red Glare, who was Sid's bodyguard slash drug dealer, which what a fucking combo. What a fucking name, too. I mean, I looked it up. It's not his Christian name because I'm like, did well, his parents name <laughs> his, Was his dad Francis Scott Key? Like, what the fuck happened? No, okay. no. It was it, like, he has a super lame name, so... <laughs> So Rocket's Red Glare. I just like want to know. That has to be a sex thing, right? I mean, maybe. Yeah. Well, see, the, I always wonder about like fake names. Like what's the elimination process? Like how do you come up with a fake name? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm assuming somebody gave him that name, but maybe not. Maybe he came up with this on his own. Well, because well, it's cause Sid Vicious, his name from what I remember, he had a, a hamster that they called Sid, and the hamster like would bite people, and they're like, Sid is vicious. And then like, and that's he how he came up with Sid, Sid vicious. vicious. Great name, too. You know, like, I mean, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Rocket's Red Glare. Rocket's so. Red Glare, though. I mean, it, it's very Dirk Diggler of Book <laughs> Yeah. You know, like Chest and Brock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so at 2 30 in the morning, Nancy asks Rocket's Red Glare. Since bodyguard slash drug dealer, which fucking nailing it, um, for oh, fuck dilatids, yes, dilatids, dilatid, yep, 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 um, which is an opioid. Druggy over here, yeah, yeah, <laughs> nailing um, it. So I am. So uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am a total square, and I've never uh, partaken of any sort of recreational drug ever, which so. blows my mind. Uh, but she's cool enough that people offer her drugs all the time all for the free, time. and they're like, Monique, you're amazing. Come do drugs with me in the bathroom, and Monique is like, no, but good, but thank I you. don't realize that they're offering me drugs at the time because I'm a total square. <laughs> um, 
I ha I limit my my vices to drinking and men. That's what I tell myself. Um. So yes. So rockets red dilaudid brings the dilaudids over, and so the two of them were just like knocked the fuck out because you know drugs. So at seven thirty in the morning, multiple residents of the hotel report hearing female moaning coming from room one hundred. Then at ten a.m., Sid calls the front desk asking for help. And when the hotel arrives, they find Nancy half naked on the bathroom floor, dead from a stab wound to her stomach. What the fuck? And she was 20 years old, which like, fuck. Dude. Like, yeah. Like a wee babe. Oh my God. So Sid was immediately arrested and charged with second degree murder. And he gives conflicting accounts of what happened that night. Initially, he immediately confesses and says, quote, I stabbed her, but I never meant to kill her, end quote. And then he changes his story and he says he didn't remember what happened or that he was unconscious at the time. Or, and he even says that like, maybe they had an argument and then Nancy fell onto the knife, which like, no, this is not <laughs> Chicago. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I just, like, I just had a little trip and you, you know, know, he ran to my knife 10 times. Like, <laughs> this is not Chicago the musical, like no. stop it. Um, so no. And there are a couple other theories about what happened, what else happened that night. Uh, one of them being either one of the people at the party or someone ran wandering around the hotel, just kind of like broke into their room and wanted to steal drugs or steal money. And, you know, Nancy fought them off and they got into an altercation. She was stabbed. And then the other main theory, which I don't agree with, but whatever, we're here. This is educational. Reading Rainbow. Take from this what you will. Make your own decisions. Yeah. <laughs> the re did, you, did you watch the Reading Rainbow growing up? I okay, no, a little bit. Like okay. I watched it in school, sort of thing, but I it, not religiously. Like yeah, because I'm, I'm a touch older than than Amy, so Reading Rainbow was like required. Yeah, I, I feel like Barney was the biggest yeah. thing when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah. That, I was slightly, I, I aged out of that. Yeah. So so the the main theory is that it was a suicide pact between Sid and Nancy. What? Yeah. No. Correct. Yes. Wait, I'm, who said that? The, like, just people? People. Because, you know what I think is, people just couldn't handle that their beloved Sid Vicious would fucking murder someone, which I'm like, why not? Like, he calls himself Sid Vicious. He's exactly. Like, like, part of the punk band, like. Hello, it's on yeah. brand. Also, you know, if you're on a bunch of fucking drugs, like, you, you're exactly. not in you your don't right know what mind at that exactly. point. Yeah. Not that drugs make you necessarily stab somebody, but just like, Correct, you know. but you're not in your most lucid situation. Yes. So the main theory is that it was a suicide pact between Sid and Nancy. But okay, all right. I'm, I'm going to just read the thing. The, I'm going to read the facts that I got. And read then, the facts. And then we can talk about how this is bullshit. So, and that he either stabbed her in self-defense or in the middle of a heated argument. And then he passed out from his drug haze because he'd been going on a multi-day bender. Which is why Sid can't remember what happened. But I'm like, that's not a... That's not a suicide pact, though. So I don't, I don't understand. Were they saying that like he made the suicide pact and then like did so many drugs he forgot about it, kind of, and then like I don't fucking I, the the word suicide pact. I don't, I don't know if it's like if it's a suicide a, pact, meaning like if one of us dies, the other one has to die. If like that's what this means, or we were like, hey, let's kill ourselves, pinky swear, just You're kidding, do it on Tuesday, yeah. Right. Oh so, my bad, did you not realize that I postponed that? Yeah, right. Just um, I wasn't about it. On October 22nd, 10 days after Spongeon's death, uh, Sid Vicious attempted suicide by slitting his wrist with a smashed light bulb. 
Why? Of all the fucking things you could use, because why? Because that's more punk or some bullshit. It is I very don't know. punk. I mean, here's the thing, girl. I fuck. <laughs> You know, I was 13 and I can't even tell you how many times I tried to make, you know, I was very emo and I was very like, <laughs> weren't we all? Okay. Like, that's what yes. I'm saying. Yeah. So like, I get it. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> but like, he's, so I'm going to draw a bath and get a toaster. It's fine. I mean, yeah. I didn't, I had a toaster oven. So that's what, you know, I couldn't even make that fucking dream come true. So, like, I get, I understand being as emo as possible and as dramatic as, yeah. I can only have, like, fucking crepes and, <laughs> I can't have a super dramatic death. Um, God. Uh, I get, I so understand being, I remember being a child and just not, you know, being super dramatic. Um, oh, yeah. Which is what's happening here. So he attempts suicide by slitting his wrist with a smashed light bulb. Um, and as a result, he's hospitalized at Bellevue, uh, which is a psychiatric ward of a hospital uh, here in New York. And and then at Bellevue, he tries to kill himself by jumping out a window, which like, I'm sorry, aren't there bars? Yeah. Like, what or the fuck? Like, especially like a hospital. What, like, like a psychiatric, a psychiatric, a psychiatric hospital? Ward? I don't think what you can just open the windows. I don't Unless, think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the fuck. But apparently he tried to, to jump out of a window shouting, quote, I want to be with Nancy, end quote. And he was pulled back by hospital staff. Maybe that they like started the bars like after this because maybe like this is not correct. Whoever no. whoever did this window situation, highly ill-advised. So in uh, in November of 1978, oh, in a November 1978 interview, he said that Spongeon's death death was quote meant to happen end quote, and that quote Nancy always said she'd die before she was 21 weird yeah so that so i think it's like shit like that that they're like oh That's this is like a suicide i don't thing. i mean i always thought i was gonna i always thought i was gonna die super young too like, i mean girl i didn't think i was making it past 35 and i got a week and change left so like damn i <laughs> my mom was like you need to apply to college and i was like mm, yeah we're good nah, like we're I'll, be, I'll be dead by then yeah. and then i was like all right 10 years later and we're, we're definitely not yeah it's like so what's... shit um, Thanks, mom. For it's like glad I didn't sell all my shit like a doomsday yeah, <laughs> Like really uh, putting all my eggs in one basket here with the I'm gonna die before I'm 20 thing. Pretty much, right? So uh, Sid Sid Vicious was released on fifty thousand dollars bail, and Atlantic Records, his um, label, picked up the tab. Wait, he was like arrested from trying to escape the mental hospital. So, why was he, so I think why did he even have bail? So he was arrested and then tried to kill himself and then was put into the mental hospital and then was like, re, when he was uh, released from that, re-arrested. Okay. And then was, taken, was put on bail. I gotcha. Uh, released on bail, rather. So Atlantic Records hired F. Lee fucking Bailey to represent him. Do you know who that is? I don't know who that is. Who is that? Okay. So F. Lee Bailey is a really famous defense attorney. And basically... When you got yourself into a situation where you were super fucked because you probably did it, you hired F. Lee Bailey because he, okay. his mastery of the law would get you out of it. His, some of his famous clients were Patty Hearst. Oh my God, yes. And he was on the OJ defense team. My new name is Tanya. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Exactly. Yeah. And he was also on the OJ defense team. Okay. So like, okay. that's who F. Yes. Lee Bailey is. All right. So it's basically it's like, we're it, fucked. it's not looking good for you. Call F. Lee. Uh, yes, exactly. Call F. Lee Bailey. Um, but he was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And sent an associate <laughs> instead to handle. Oh, 
my god. Wait, the guy? Ashley was like, yeah, fuck see, you. Here's my, here's my here's assistant, my basically. Great. Um, That's great. <laughs> basically. Um, so, fun fact. So, all that happened. A few months later, his friends and his mom decide to throw Sid Vicious a freedom party to celebrate him making bail. You know, nailing it. As um, one does. Yeah, his right. mom was a complete piece of work. She was oh, a, like super supportive, even despite his. No, she was like a drug trafficker, and like for sixteen, what they got him like heroin and shit, and would like smuggle oh. him heroin when he was in prison, like through so her badge and shit. That, oh, ew! He had mom badge heroin. Yes. No, yes. stop. And he's like, I can't. Why? Why would you ever? And like, here's the thing. Like, when you hear that, like, he just didn't have a chance. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, no, no. Like, mom is bringing you heroin from her, from her badge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nature's pocket. Yeah. Start that again. That is a Broad City thing. That's not a new thing. But yes, nature's pocket. I've never seen Broad City, but that's delightful. Oh, tragic. Okay. Um, so, on February 1st, 1979, they throw a party at the apartment of Sid's new girlfriend, Michelle Robinson. And for those of you who are doing math, this is four months after Nancy what may or may not have been murdered by Sid Vicious. He's a new fucking girlfriend. I was just going to say, how long ago, like, how long was this afterwards? Four fucking four months. Four months? No, yes. that's too short. I'm no, sorry. No, Um, Which, like... Guilty as fuck. Guilty as fuck, and like, just don't do that. At like, minimum, just like, wait a year. Tacky as fuck. Tacky. Like, it's tack. Just wait a year. You can wait a fucking year. Yeah. Like, or just like, fuck and like, don't have a title. Yeah. Like, don't be exclusive. Be like, I'm upset that your girlfriend literally Nancy just died. died. Yeah. And I want to fuck it I out, but I can't like can't commit. Be, yeah. I'm not emotionally ready for that. Exactly. Which makes sense. Exactly. You know, true to form, Sid takes a fuck ton of heroin and throughout the party, and he ends up dying in the middle of the night with his mother discovering his body the next morning. Jesus. Sid was 21 years old. So she claims uh, that after Sid was cremated, she found a handwritten note. Sorry, we oh yes, New York City. The ice cream truck is probably going to come by in like 30 oh minutes, so it's fine. Oh my, okay. Some so, nice little, um, uh, carousel music for us. I love it. So, Sorry, continue. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> now that we're past that, we um, can delete all that. So she claims that uh, after Sid, uh, so Sid's mother claims that after Sid was cremated, she found a handwritten note in the pocket of Sid's leather jacket that read, quote, we had a death pact and I had to keep my half of the bargain. Bury me next to my baby. Bury me in my leather jacket, jeans, and motorcycle boots. Goodbye, end quote. Which, seeing as how he got cremated, like, did not fucking happen. Um, <laughs> Already fucking it up, people. Fail. Um, so several guests uh, who have stayed in room 100 at the Chelsea Hotel have claimed to have run-ins with the ghosts of Sid and Nancy, as well as hearing loud arguments between them while staying in the room, which... Fuck no. <laughs> like, I can't. Can you just shut up? No, like, no, no. I just, no. No, no, no. I'm okay with seeing a ghost, but I don't want to hear ghosts arguing. Like, no. I don't even want to hear people arguing. I don't want arguing. any of it. Um, no. <laughs> I don't want any of it. <laughs> no. Uh, so the next notable death at the hotel um, is that of writer and poet Dylan Thomas. Uh, he lived in... So I got conflicting information on multiple multiple sites either said room 205 or 206 so it's either 205 or 206 and that's he lived uh there in at the chelsea 
He moved there on October 20th, 1953. And he spent, he was in poor health when he moved there and he spent his last lucid days at the Chelsea Hotel. On November 5th, he was taken to the emergency room at St. Vincent's Hospital where he fell into a coma and he died on November 9th, 1953. At the time, his cause of death was rumored to have been alcoholism, um, but he had actually been suffering from bronchitis, pneumonia, and emphysema at the time of his death, which, holy what, fuck. Like, go to a doctor, dude. What the fuck? I mean, like, holy fuck. Like, have, have a thing. Have a one thing. Like, like don't, there's too many. All, all the things in, of the same thing. That's just like, you just can't breathe. Yeah. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> you can, you're just going to die now. That's, that's all basically. that's in for you. Yeah, so over the years, many guests at the hotel have claimed to have encountered his ghost, as well as hearing aggressive footsteps in the room he stayed in, which is either 205 or 206. Aggressive footsteps? Aggressive. All right, so it's yeah. like stomping, basically? I, that's, I guess. I would imagine, yeah. I would imagine, yeah. Sure. Not, not a light pitter-patter. But not a march. Okay. Right, yeah. In 2009, a hotel guest claimed to have had a paranormal experience on the last night of her three-night stay. And while she was in bed, she heard a loud door slam, followed by what sounded like someone running for several minutes. Then she heard footsteps inside her room around her. And the experience culminated with the guest seeing a severed head in dramatic theater makeup hovering in front of the bedroom mirror, and she said it appeared to be the face of Dylan Thomas. Which, what? Like, fuck that. Okay. Okay. We're going to take a little time out here. So, <laughs> so when I was in high school, my best friend in high school, Christina, hey girl, shout out to you. Um, <laughs> she was the only person I knew who was remotely into any paranormal stuff. See, I can't say the fucking word. There's too many. <laughs> and there's M's and M's and L's. She's the only person I knew who was into paranormal stuff. And we had decided, we'd made a pact that when we graduated from college, we were going to take this road trip across the country and stay at like every haunted hotel. And then, you know, we grew up, we went to college and, and, you know, life happened. And then we were like, fuck that. That sounds like the fucking worst. Could you imagine just awaking from a slumber to see a fucking severed head just floating in your goddamn room. No, if I go to a hotel, I want there to be a fucking pool slash hot tub situation. Yeah, room service, room for service. sure. Absolutely. Spa, maybe? Like a sauna? Whatever. Yes. Yeah. The, I do not want a severed fucking head in my goddamn room. No. That no. sounds like the worst. That is not a delightful trip for me. Fuck no. no. That's a one star review on Yelp. <laughs> thousand percent. Like, fuck that shit. Would not recommend. <laughs> I just want to sleep. We have to drive to Albany tomorrow. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. I didn't even get to sleep. What the fuck? Um, no, this, all of this is a shun for me. <laughs> no. um, the next famous permanent resident is... Uh, Ooh, is that the term for ghost? Permanent resident? I yeah. love that. This is, this is where um, the story of celebrity ghost stories comes in. Oh shit, I thought the Nancy and Sid Vicious one was the celebrity ghost no, story. No, we're all. That was Damn. just the most famous one. All right, okay. You even know. I don't even know. You don't even know. Blow my um, mind. <laughs> so, Michael Imperioli, who is best known for playing Christopher Moltisanti on The Sopranos or Spider and Goodfellas, if you want to do a deep yes. cut. Yes. Mm-hmm. He um, 
he moved to the Chelsea in 1996 for a few months after he'd broken up with an ex-girlfriend, which, hey, I get it. We've all been there, yeah. I mean, we've all been there. Uh, and he lived on the eighth floor. So he was living there for a few weeks when he started hanging out with the other residents of the hotel. Because the Chelsea, it's not a regular hotel in that you stay for a weekend or a week or whatever. It's a long-term residence. So you stay for months and months. For months sometimes. and months yeah. and months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or years. But it's a situation because of the type of hotel it was that you could do like day-to-day, week-to-week type of situation. But yeah, very few people stayed for a night. So if you didn't want to sign a lease and you were currently looking for a place, you could stay there for exactly. as long as you needed and to. And it was cheap, affordable, yeah. and in the center of Manhattan. So it was, it was a, an ideal situation, especially for a lot of um, artists. So he was living there for a few weeks, and he started hanging out um, with the other residents of the Chelsea at a hotel bar. So they start chatting, and Michael Imperioli mentions that he's staying on the eighth floor. And one of them asks him if he's not married yet. And he said that the way that they asked him, like, it was, like, there was a wink to it. Like, it was, like it was a loaded nudge, question. nudge, nudge, wink, wink, sort of, like, exactly. have you met Mary yet? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it was just like, oh, have you seen this person? Like, no, yeah. no, it was, like, it's loaded. And he interpreted that to mean that Mary was just a really eccentric character. Like, it was the type of person that when I saw her, I'd know. Immediately, like, oh, I mean, oh, that's fucking Mary. Don't worry. And, you know, for anyone who, I don't even want to say visited because it's not the same experience. For anyone who's lived in New York, you know those people that are just fucking banana (laughs) and you're like, that fucking person. But live your life, do you? Do you? No judgment. But, like, I know exactly who the fuck you are. Like, are so you that's, wearing a full red sequin suit and you have a tiny, like, Yorkie in your pocket? Yes. Exactly. And are sure. riding, like, a unicycle. 100%. You met him then. Yes. yes. There's okay. so many unicycle people. It's, <laughs> it's really ridiculous. bizarre. Um, so, yeah. So, that's what he's expecting is going to be the situation <laughs> when he eventually meets Mary. Uh, so he, And he said he hadn't. Again, but he figured that he, he'd know who she was uh, the, the moment he met her. So... Uh, a month goes by after the conversation. He's been living in the in the hotel for a couple months. And he is going back to his room. And it's about 3 or 4 in the morning. And he takes the elevator up to the 8th floor. And he steps out of the elevator. And he sees that the light in the hallway is just unusually dimmer. Like, it's it's not as lit up as it usually is. And he hears the sound of a woman lightly sobbing coming from the opposite direction. And he looks at the end of the hallway, and all the way at the end of the hallway, there's this woman in the corner, and she's wearing this, like, long, old-fashioned black dress, and she's just hunched over crying. And he describes the dress as looking from 100 years ago, but also, like, it's fucking New York, and it's Chelsea. Yeah, so, so it's not even a thing. weird hipster. Exactly. It's a yeah. fucking hipster, and you just don't even think about it, because it's New York, and you're like, whatever. Yeah, everyone's a fucking weirdo. Yeah. But again, he says, he's like, it's not even a thing that he, that was odd to him. And he just says that the way that she's hunched over and just the, the noises that she's making, it's, it's clear that she's in a really extraordinary amount of emotional pain. Okay. And, but he says that he notices that the cries aren't coming from her mouth. That it's like, the sound is like omnipresent. It's just all over the floor. Eerie. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which could be some weird acoustic Sure, thing, but, but like yeah, also, okay. no thank you. Yeah. Um, so, Get the fuck out of there Like, no, no. But, you know, because he's he's a, a nice Italian boy and he's been raised very clearly. He calls out to her and he asks if she's okay and if she needs any help. 
And right after he says that, the light fixture right behind him explodes. Stop. Yes. No. Yes. So he, he looks over to be like, what the fuck? And then when he looks back, she's gone. Uh, okay. But he's like, he's like, you he's know, fine. You know, people. Maybe, yeah. maybe she like went Brand. into the room, or someone was waiting for her and opened the room for her. Like he doesn't think a ton of it. Yeah. And he's like, you know, maybe I scared her off by like interacting with her, whatever. As most people would give some sort of reasonable explanation for why this has mysteriously disappeared. For sure. Yes. For sure. And so, like a week or two later goes by, and he's back at the hotel bar, and he runs into the same people who had initially brought up Mary to him. Okay. And he goes, you know, I, I think I saw that Mary that you're talking about. And she was crying and she was outside of her room and she was wearing this dress that looked like she's from a hundred a hundred years ago. So the woman in the group looked at him and said, Mary was a young woman who lived in the Chelsea Hotel in 1912. She was from Buffalo, New York and she'd recently gotten married, and her husband and her husband's brother went to England on a boat to claim an inheritance. And rather than wait for her husband in Buffalo, she decided to go to New York and surprise him at the dock when he returned to New York City. So she traveled from Buffalo to New York and she checked into the Chelsea a few days early um, before the boat was due to arrive. And unfortunately for her husband, he had booked passage on the Titanic. Fuck his life. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when so it was, how'd that go? you know, yeah. uh, so when it was confirmed <laughs> did, that did he well. was uh, among those lost at sea, she went back to the hotel Chelsea and hung herself in her room. So I, you know, I just got chills. I tell myself, like, yeah, I <laughs> hanging always gets me extra. I don't know why. I just. It's so it's much a tough way to go. Yeah, I don't know why. I would totally because my especially wrist if you like, don't like, if you don't break your neck. If you me. don't do it right, it's really bad for you. Yeah, that I can do that. It's, no, 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 no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. After finding out this story, Michael Imperioli spoke with other people who had encountered Mary, and they all said that they saw her at the exact same spot that he saw her at. So he obviously got creeped the fuck out, and. You know, and one of the things he said that really freaked him out was that he didn't realize he had seen a ghost because she wasn't transparent. She looked like a full body apparition. So he said that, um, he, you know, when he went back to his room that night, he clearly didn't sleep well because fucking obviously. (laughs) And he moved out of the Chelsea within a week. And, and, you know, before anyone is like, oh, this is whatever bullshit. Uh, it is... It has been verified that several survivors of the Titanic stayed for some time at the Chelsea because it was a short distance from Pier 54, which is where the White Star Line dock was going to be at the Titanic. And, fun fact, the Chelsea was also home to many sailors returning home from World War I. So the Chelsea's seen a lot of shit. A lot of shit. Jesus. So, uh, another famous resident, Nadia. Nadia was an artist who had grown up in the Chelsea Hotel, and she was the spoiled daughter of a wealthy silk merchant whose family lived in the posh suites of the Chelsea. And she was a painter, and her delicate work was done in the Japanese style on sheets of the finest silk cut from bolts of cloth that her father, who was a successful silk merchant, would bring home from his warehouse. 
However, well, not. She was still in her <laughs> teens. She met and ran away with and married a handsome playwright and songwriter who sold songs uh, on the old Tin Pan Alley on 27th Street. And like, so obviously, if you're marrying a playwright and a songwriter, spoiler, it's not, it's probably not. It's not going to end well. It's not going to end well. Yeah. Like, girl, I get it. I feel you. I've been there. Like, but yeah. Like, no. If you want like a happy, we've all had the artistic financially phase. stable. No, life. it's not. <laughs> That's yeah. not the way to go. So of course, the newlyweds struggled with finances moving from. How is he a bunch? Is he like a lot older than her? What is the? It doesn't say. say. Okay, it doesn't say. I don't know why I automatically assume this was like a much older man, younger woman situation, but I would be even more pissed if that was the situation. I don't. I like just, you're that I automatically older. How old are you? Now, you can't get yeah, shit yeah, together. No. no. Let's assume that's the case. Okay. <laughs> don't assume anything. Fuck this guy. <laughs> Fuck this guy. <laughs> so, um, Nadia just, uh, so, yeah, so they're struggling financially and they're just moving from, from one rooming house to another nonstop. And she discovered early on that her husband loved, loved that sauce. He loved to drink too much. What? Okay. You know. And he rarely cheers. found, I mean, cheers. Cheers to that. We'll do a little. Crystal. <laughs> in our non in our non coupe glasses, are you calling coupe, them? Yeah. Coupe, coupe glasses? Which are not champagne flutes. Champagne flutes. Shaped, shaped like <laughs> Alright, I was a quick side note. Uh, <laughs> I remember so coupe glasses are supposedly shaped after Marie Antoinette's breast. Mm-hmm. But those are like old tiny champagne glasses. It's, it's the the meme of Leo DiCaprio and Gatsby like toasting with a champagne glass. Like that's yes. what a coupe glass is. That. Yeah. But it's <laughs> they're like, oh, champagne glasses are modeled after Marie Antoinette's breast. And when the first time I heard that, I pictured champagne flutes as I know them today, which is the long, tall, skinny and glass, which all I could think was what a fucking weird looking titty this girl must have had. I can't believe she was just walking around with like balloon animal titties the whole time and nobody fucking said anything. This is not in any of the paintings or anything. And then somebody showed me a coupe glass. Amy just did finger gun. I did finger gun titties. about Marie Antoinette's champagne flute titties. This is when I realized that people can't see the ridiculous things that I do. It's amazing. Um... So yes, yes so, they were not modeled after. Those are not what her titties look no, like. No, no. glasses. Um, no, and he just likes drinking. And we went on a titty. We went on titty tangent. A titty tangent, a titty Yay. tirade. A um, titty tirade. Alliteration. I, I love, love that. Um, <laughs> so uh, Najee tried to sell her paintings, but no dice. People weren't really buying them. And of course, they, the young couple already had two children and found themselves in super dire circumstances. So Nadia returns to the Chelsea Hotel and she pleads with her father to let her stay and move back in because they have nowhere else to go and her husband's fucking useless. And Nadia's father lets, lets her move back in with the family under one condition, that she's responsible for all of the housework and all of the cleaning. And while... Nadia wasn't into this idea initially. Her husband, who's a fucking loser, like convinced her to accept. Which she obviously quickly regretted this decision because she found herself doing <laughs> every fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's that I've made a huge mistake. Yeah, <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I've made a huge mistake. 
um, because she found herself doing all the cleaning, all the cooking, and washing, um, all, all the cooking, cleaning, and washing for her large extended family. And of course, her husband's drinking got worse, and he, like, the couple of bucks that he was bringing in, he wasn't even able to fucking do that anymore. And then on top of the entire situation, her mother was incontinent. Uh, so she had to wash her undergarments, like, uh, like multiple times a day. It was not a good situation. Get a bedpan. Girl. Right? Like, I don't... I mean... Something. Girl. Anything. Um, however, this clearly wasn't enough of a punishment. So, because Nadja's father just wanted to, to punish her more, because he, he was so upset that she got married to this loser... He decided to teach her a lesson and refused to give her any money at all, even though she was doing all of the housework. Even though she was already stretched to her limit with work, Nadia had, was forced to take in piecework to make ends meet. So she was doing like stitching, like anything she could to just make a couple bucks because she wasn't getting any fucking money. And she still tried to carve out a few minutes a day for her art, but even like her art couldn't fulfill her and console her. Her hands were becoming ruined from the never-ending housework, and she found her hands could no longer translate her ideas onto the canvas. You know, all the washing and cleaning and needlework had left her hands calloused and knotted, and her joints felt stiff and sore. Her skin, which had been this, like, creamy young skin, was just now coarse and reddened and... One day she viewed her hands with distaste, and she even, like, started to resent them. And not long after that, Nadja started to manifest signs of mental illness. And at one point, she was hospitalized at a facility in Long Island for a nervous disorder and hysteria, which could have been anything. Could have been this, basically. anything. Like, could have just had been like this day. sucks. Yeah, you have hysteria, period cramps, hysteria. Although not opposed to the uh, the, the, the resolution, the resolution, the, the treatment for yeah. that, which was basically they just, just like one out. yeah, masturbated <laughs> you at the doctor's you're office. Like, I'm right as rain. Like, so. yeah, they're like, you have hysteria. I was like, yeah, right. Great, let's do this treatment. Three little times a week. diddle fiddle, and then you're <laughs> out the door. Flick that beat. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the three knuckle shuffle. Let's do this. Get you out. Uh, <gasps> I'm obsessed. <laughs> Um, yeah, so she, and so while she's at this uh, mental health facility, she's insisting that there's something wrong with her hands, but the doctors don't find anything wrong with the hands. And the father is like, this is bullshit. There's nothing wrong with her. I'm not going to keep paying for her to be here. And I'm also not going to keep with the loss of having free help in my fucking apartment. Yeah. So he brings her home, and of course, her problems start right back up again because she's you know, mentally ill. And life just becomes too too much to bear for Nadia. And on a moonless night in 1922, as her children slept and her husband was passed out on the floor from his latest binge, which, like, girl. <laughs> Classic. Girl. I mean, I know mm. divorce wasn't a thing, but, like, snip, snip, motherfucker, get yeah. the <laughs> out of your life. Uh-uh. Nadia was bent over a washtub scrubbing out her mother's soiled undergarments. This poor this woman, fucking, god damn it. Girl, like, I'm telling you, this, like, is the, the worst. Hashtag yeah, the I worst. I feel really bad. <laughs> it's going to get so much worse. Oh, no. It's going to get so much no. worse. <laughs> All right, I've prepared myself now. So, you know, she stiffly, like, moved off her knees um, so she could approach the canvas that she'd been working on. And she had was 
planning on painting a scene of the Bethesda fountain, uh, which is a really famous fountain in, uh, in Central Park. And uh, you see it in movies all the time in New York. And she picked up her brush and with great effort and added some final strokes. And she stepped back to survey her work. And she just didn't like anything she saw because she just, her hands were so worked and callous that they just couldn't translate what she wanted onto the canvas anymore. So she became completely enraged and grabbed a pair of industrial shears that she had used no. to cut fabric. No. That she had used. And she proceeded to slash the canvas to shreds. Okay. Okay, wait. It's gonna I thought it was going to be Oh, no. No, it's going to go bad. Okay. It's going to go bad. Take a drink. It's going to go bad. Okay. Take a drink. Yep. <laughs> she then placed her right wrist between the blades mm. and fell upon the handles with all her weights, with all her weight severing her hand. <gasps> Why? Girl. I mean, mental illness and an artist. I don't know. Fuck. I mean, the Bethesda fountain, so, like, isn't like that. But. The, I, I mean, it's all, like, there's no good way to chop your fucking no. hand. But scissors? Really? Like, no. oh, no. And to, like, put your weight, weight on, on it. Wait on it. No. So, the pain seared through her, and it became bearable. Yeah, no fucking shit. Yeah, she tried to cut up hand. your fucking hand. No, she apparently she succeeded. Like, there's a fucking uh, no, yeah. Uh, so okay, sorry. <laughs> Wounded animal noises over here. It's fine. Um, screaming in agony, Nadia gave up, rushed to the window, threw open the French doors, and flung herself over the balcony. That should have been step fucking one, girl. I'm Why did you cut your fucking hand off? So I, I don't know if it's because I'm a Catholic, and. You know, the open casket situation is a thing. Like, oh, like you have to have an open casket? I mean, I don't know if you have to, but I definitely have not been to a funeral where there wasn't one. Interesting. So I have never been to a funeral. We've talked about this. Yes, we have. It's fucking bananas. So I'm very, like, I can't be in a situation where I look like shit when I'm dead. Like, after the casket's closed, cool. So if it's a situation where, like, I don't have a hand... Not me living my best life. Even though I'm dead, I understand that. But, like, but my like, face looks amazing still. Like, yeah, we're good. Like, no, my friends all know what I want. Like, when I die, I want winged eyeliner for days, red lip. Of course. Obviously, pin-up hair, tits up and out. Yeah, for like, the boys. I want... Let's do... <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. Like, absolutely. If, if I'm on the way out, I'm going <laughs> to look fucking good. Yeah. Um, you know, I need to look amazing. So, like, like a... A being burned alive situation is a problem for me. A a a being found in a river four days later yeah, is a problem bloated, for me. Yeah. The bloated and apparently like the skin just like comes off. Like I, all of that's all that's yeah, so anything no. that's like Or you like jump from a building and smashed your fucking face. And then on top of that I'm missing a fucking hand. Like all of this is like a major you problem. You can hide the hand, yeah, the face is yes. Yeah, I guess. Oh god, this is that's rough. All right, sorry. Yeah, she should she should have jumped out the window first, but she yeah okay. She wanted to go the long way about it. You know, the difficult way. Change um, the room. And so apparently she continued to scream as she fell the five floors to her death. And I bet everyone in New York was just like, "Shut the fuck Shut up! The fuck I'm trying to fucking sleep. Jesus, this fucking bitch can't die quietly." That's exactly what everyone. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> It's awful, but it's kind of true. No, it's a thousand percent true. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh, 
New York, what a town. <laughs> we love it. It's actually amazing. It. It's great. Um, so Never change. <laughs> no, never change. It's amazing. Um, uh, so uh, it is said that on moonless nights, uh, Nadia can be seen flitting outside the windows of the upper floors of the Chelsea Hotel. That's creepy. With her long hair and wispy white gown flowing behind her. And it is said that she waves her bloody stuff. Oh, you know, I'm not going to lie, mad props. Like, if I was a ghost, that's totally some shit I was doing. Like, scary hair, scary dress, wave the stump at them. Girl. Fuck yes. She wants to come back to the, ho- to the hotel, but she cannot find her way back inside. <gasps> okay, that's kind of sad. Right? Yeah. And some say this is retribution she must pay for taking her own life, which judgment. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that. All right, the next notable ghost. I told you this was. We funny. might have to stay in the Chelsea. Like this is all. Like all you're doing is like recommending this hotel to me. Like, <laughs> none of this swayed me. I just I'm I'm. I'm okay, I think that this one might might sway you. Okay, so apparently, <laughs> there's a ghost called Larry the Hipster Ghost. And I'm out. And I'm, I'm out. fucking out. No, it's this piece hat. of shit. <laughs> like I don't know anything about a him. Hipster in real life is. is the worst. Awful. So now in death you have to fucking deal with this bullshit. Uh, I don't no. fucking think so. We're so whiny. I no, can't. it's gonna get worse. It's the most hipster bullshit fucking ever. Fuck Larry. No. So <laughs> Yeah, fuck, fuck you, Larry. Fuck, fuck you. Is this your homework, Larry? Are you? <laughs> fuck what a good movie. Um if you don't know, then I'm sorry you're not cool. I know. <laughs> it's the best. I'm not gonna fucking explain it. So according to verified reports from a medium who relayed her findings... That sounds oxymoronic, to be honest. I mean... <laughs> These verified reports yeah, from which me. Okay. Who is this medium? Is this the... The, the Long, Long Island, Island medium? Yes! Oh, no! Stop it! Okay. Stop. okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> according to verified reports from a Long Island... Nope, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we got each other on this now. A medium. A medium. Not the Long Island She medium. might be from Long Island. We don't know. I don't know, and I don't know if it is the Long Island medium. I just know it's <laughs> a medium. You do with that, and you, you pepper in whatever details and color <laughs> you want to that. I'm not going to judge you. A medium of any sort relayed her findings to uh, Living With Legends... Chelsea Hotel blog that Larry the hotel that nope Larry the hipster ghost <laughs> who's at the hotel the hotel hipster whatever the hotel that's hipster fine. that's nice too alliteration again I just you know I just my grand my great grandmother used to say that if she didn't remember your name it's because she didn't like you which was oh, right. because she didn't Cold. remember any of her grandkids like significant others names except my mother. <laughs> would tell them flat out being like you know when you don't remember names just because you don't like the person like she my great-grandmother gave zero fucks. i love that i feel like That's grandmothers true. really because of the time they grew up in absolutely like, did not my grandmother says like kind of the most fucked up shit no she like, was born in the 1800s she got divorced and came in the 40s and moved to new york it's moved to the fucking bronx yeah like she knew what the fuck time yeah. she wasn't here for your shit she's amazing Literally so, zero fucks. So I'm clearly mispronouncing Larry's title because I don't fucking like him. You're going to find out why. Larry <laughs> the hipster ghost is distinctive because he never stops talking. Larry, total hipster. Total fucking Shut hipster. The fuck up. Shut the fuck No one wants to hear up. about your fucking... No one wants to hear anything. Shut the fuck up, Larry. In, fill in the blank here. Yeah. 
Shut the fuck up. No, and what he has to say is even more fucking enough. It's hipster bullshit. It's Ugh. fucking terrible. Okay. So Larry is so anxious to tell his story that much to the annoyance of his fellow ghosts, Larry invariably pushes himself to the front of every ghostly gathering at the Chelsea to share his wisdom. Ugh. So whenever, like, you know, maybe Sid and Nancy are like, yo, Sid killed me. He's like, Nick, cool, 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 but I need to, like, impart my bullshit wisdom first. Right. Fuck yourself. And he never, obviously, he never gives uh, any other ghost a chance to share their story. But I love it. he's a true hipster, even he's a after true, death. Which I thought a hipster mm. in life was the worst. The worst? No, no. the worst. <laughs> hipster in death is far worse. So, Larry the hipster ghost has a very critical message to relay. Oh, I'll have God. Now. To the other ghosts? No, oh, to, to us. To us? To us mortals. <laughs> okay. Larry wants the guests of the Chelsea Hotel to know first what's inside the Chelsea. That's real. Everything out there, the so-called city, it's an illusion. Uh, exactly. Autumn uh, Are you fucking kidding me? Exactly. It's like so every hipster you've ever met ever. Basically, great. but okay. he's fucking dead. Yeah. Oh. Go fuck yourself. Get out of Second, Williamsburg, please. Second. Quote. Quote. <laughs> There was something there long before the Chelsea was built that is the source of the place's creative power. Okay, fine, whatever. Like Native Americans. There were, yeah, I was like, there were trees there, sure. Yeah, and like whatever, okay. And third, <laughs> that was an iron. yes. It's not about the product, the specific art that's being created. It's about the life that is led at the Chelsea Hotel. Ugh. Exactly. I, like Sid Vicious's ghost needs to punch Larry. Yeah, in can the he stab the fuck face. out of Larry? Like enough. You know all the other ghosts hate him. Like there's no way they're like. There's no oh, way Larry's anyone is like he's over. wonderful. Like, no, like, <laughs> literally fuck never. This guy. Zero people. Fuck Larry. Ugh. We're done. And if with you're him. a hipster, go fuck yourself. We're done with him. I know. Um. Thank God. So we're going to move to room 124. Guys, we're almost done. I promise you. <laughs> this is the longest fucking story ever. Um, <laughs> it's the it's like, is it? It's it the longest story ever. Okay. <laughs> um, so room uh, 124, multiple visitors to the suite have reported that they have heard female voice screaming. No thank you. A ghostly presence in the bathroom. Wait, wait, wait. The female voice screams no thank you? No, it's screaming and I'm saying no thank you. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's like, that is like the politest, scariest ghost mother. Like, no thank you. Ah, please. No thank Don't you. Me. And, and, and like, no thank you. Um, no, it's like, it's a female voice screaming. Girl, no. Slash, no thank you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Comma, no thank you. Um... <laughs> Uh, a ghostly presence in the bathroom. Can you imagine just like... I know. I would shake my pants. Like, thank God you're already in the bathroom because like I would just evacuate my body immediately. This is terrible. In the bathroom and seeing the blurry ghost of an old man. Girl, no. Actually, one of my big... <laughs> I was like, one of my biggest fears. Uh, I, have a, I don't want anything to surprise me in the shower. So that is literally... You're naked, you're vulnerable, you're yes. like you think you're in your yes. own little world with the, the shower curtain. situation was is a big problem for me for sure. I mean, I'm the type of person that like a spider in the shower is like a fucking mm. real emergency for me. You like, don't just like 
I I mean, okay. So here's the thing. In New York, if it's a small spider, sure. When you're in Florida and it's a fucking huge-ass wolf spider, I know. Where where in Florida is this? Oh, I don't know. I used to see them in Land Lakes all the time. It's kind oh, of... Oh, see, yeah. Like, in Miami, that's a wolf a spider, uh, like, uh, maybe hunter spider, might alternately... I've never like... seen a spider. <gasps> I've seen a spider maybe once in Miami. Maybe. Are you for real right now? For real, real. Okay, so, uh, wolf spiders are, Girl, with no. their legs, nope, about nope, this nope, fucking nope, big. Nope. So, I'm miming about four inches right now. They're huge. They're no. super fast. No. They fucking jump. No, girl. Oh, they're the, they're, oh my god, no. I, one time, <laughs> one time was, I, I was Swiffering my house, and I was like, I'm gonna go get a Swiffer pad, and, uh, there was one in the fucking box. No, girl. And I went to reach in to get one out of the box, and it jumped on my fucking hand. And I have never freaked out as badly as I fucking freaked out right then. Like, I screamed, I jumped on furniture, I called my father at work to come home. I demanded, demanded as a teenager that he come home immediately to kill this spider. I think you're super justified. And he was like, I'm terrible. He's like, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not coming home. So like, (laughs) deal with it. I was like, I, I like, well, you can find yourself a new best friend, dad. (laughs) I was like, you promised, you promised me when I was a child that you would take care of all of the spiders and you are failing me in this moment. And he was like, I mean, I'm at work. Like, I'm not coming home. You're fucking in high school. You can figure it out. And I was like, well, you're dead to me now. So thank you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so yeah, wolf spider. I'm, I'm terrified of them surprising me in the bathroom. Um, that's horrifying. Yeah, so you see a fucking blurry ghost of an old man in the fucking bathroom. In the bathroom. Fuck no. Um, as long as you're not jerking off, I guess you're fine. They didn't say what you're <laughs> Nor would they. Oh, um, they did not say if it's like ectoplasm coming out of <laughs> what the fuck. Um, <laughs> Just full shower all over the place. It's fine. I know. Oh, so, okay, so I have a, so Ooh. one of these reports... More visual aids? Yes. Include a photo um, of of visitors that they've taken a photo in their room and it appears to show a skeleton that's standing behind a door frame and they didn't notice, like the the skeleton wasn't there. Oh, what? Hold on. Eerie. So that's a skeleton. Uh, Do you think it's kind of bullshit? I think it's, it's kind of bullshit. Kind of bullshit. I think it's a kind of bullshit. Like, I don't know what that is. It's one of those things like, it's, I don't, it just looks like. Like, it's one of those things you're like, I guess so. If you want to see that, you can see yeah, that. But, yeah. like... It seems... I, I think it's bullshit. But, you know, yeah. live your dreams. You want to see skeleton? I'm not going to take that away from you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever makes you happy. You know, but, yeah. you know, you're not hurting anybody else. Um, there's sure. another account from a woman. Her sister... Some, a woman, her sister, and her mother all reported problems with the lights. Writing in, saying that the lights in our bathroom and a hallway went off and on over and over while we were there fuck no and later that they heard a high-pitched woman scream and that the sink kept turning on and off and strange bubbles would rise from out of the drain like all this is a shock for me like yeah the the electricity thing is one of those things that i could be like okay it's an old building the water turning on and off like Mm -mm. it can't turn on and off without you turning the fucking faucet like it's not oh that would freak out so much other claims include cold and hot spots gushes of wind in rooms with all the windows and doors closed personal items being moved the sounds of doors drawers and windows opening on their own fuck no and the sound of loud footsteps outside of guest rooms and shadow figures 
Fuck. Uh, no. no. No, no, no. And as of 2011, the Chelsea Hotel has been closed for renovations. So literally, it has not been open since then. It's been nine fucking years. Yeah, they've been doing renovations on it. Mm-hmm. So they're not taking any, any new What? Guests. That's crazy. I mean, fuck. Construction in New York. Yeah, but to pay rent for nine fucking years and never, or even if you're not paying rent, even if you own it outright and you're paying property taxes, like yeah, which is why when you go by the Chelsea, it's all scaffolding because it's still because it's still under renovation. Yeah, and it was supposed to reopen last year, and and obviously that's not happening. And that's the Chelsea Hotel and its long sort of history. Oh my god, so many ghosts. So many ghosts. Uh, I mean, well, I was going to end it with, like, we should go stay in the Chelsea Hotel, but obviously that's... They need to get their shit together. Not possible. Yeah. At all. I talked okay. for so long. You talked for so long. Um, but I loved it, and I loved everything, which I'm, I guess, unfortunately, fortunately, means I'm up. I'm going to kind of give you an option. <gasps> oh! So you can kind of pick, because I prepared two... Oh my goodness! Two stories, so you can pick... Which you'd rather hear. Okay, so obviously obsessed with the vow. Yes. I did a bunch of research on Scientology <gasps> and their takeover of Clearwater, Florida. Uh-huh. If that is not super I'm into it. Are you into it? I'm su- don't give me the other option. I'm into don't it. Don't give you the other no. option? No, use it for another episode. I don't want the other option. Are you sure the other one's more timely? No, it'll be timely in three weeks. In two weeks. It might not be fun. It might be, do you, are you sure you don't want to the other one at all? Okay, the other one is the murder of Bobby Joe Stinnett. Do you know what that is? No. We might have to do that one then. Okay. That one's actually a murder. I mean, we could do either. We could do either. Okay, I guess the real question is, do you want a graphic murder story or do you want... Let's do the graphic. Graphic murder story? Yes! Alright! This girl! Alright, loving it. Okay, so this was the rabbit hole I fell into the other day. This was not my prepared story. The Scientology one was my prepared story Uh because I'm from Florida, obviously. Yeah. I lived in Land O'Lakes for a while, which is north of Clearwater. And uh, it's one of those things that I feel like a lot of people don't know, even people from Florida are not aware of like how big Scientology is in. Clearwater. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I'm I'm from Miami, and that's such a removed like it's a yeah. thing that I know it's there. Yes. But I don't know like the deal that it's like permeates every part of society there. Basically. Yes. And it's I feel like people don't realize how big Florida is sometimes. Yeah. So they don't realize like isn't it eight hours across the state? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Totally. So people will think like oh you're like you're such a small state. It's like no if you're driving from fucking Miami to get to Georgia it's Takes you almost the whole day. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not, that's not the story I'm going to tell. So now we're <laughs> segueing out of that one. Uh, okay. So I fell down this rabbit hole because they just sentenced this woman to her death sentence. And it is the third woman who has ever been sentenced by the federal government to the death sentence. Lisa Montgomery. Uh-huh. Are you familiar with this story at all? Is, is this the woman who's being executed, like, in the next couple Yes, days? she's being executed. They officially announced her execution date on December 8th of I, this year. I uh, saved this story to come back to it. It's 
is fucking but, crazy. But I only read like very, very little of it, so I don't know anything of it. You don't know? Okay. I don't. I know nothing of it. I know very little. I know like three things about it. Okay. This is one of which I, being like, like she's the first woman since like 1953. Since, literally. Like, got the fucking date on the fucking dot because you're amazing. <laughs> okay. So forget Scientology. Pause everything. Everything I ever bring up to you, you already like know something about. So the fact that you're like, no, I'm not familiar with the story. Like, fuck everything. Stop it. We're doing it right now. Yes. Amazing. You know what? To steal a line from Einstein, I have no special talent. I'm only passionately curious. Ah. <sighs> quotes. You're all about the quotes. I like the quotes. It's really, that was a good one. Other people nailed it. So they were, I just have to steal it. so much <laughs> smarter and more articulate than me. Like, they fucking not get me. it. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go into the murder of Bobby Joe Stein. Stinnett. Sorry, I keep trying to say it as a long eye. Stinnett. Bobby Joe is 23 years old. She is happily married. She is a rat terrier breeder with her husband. Like, She's, like rats? Rat no, no, sorry. Rat terrier is a type of dog. So they're like a little, they're little dogs. They were trained to... So okay, go into rat. I don't know. I don't know if you know this about me. Fun fact about me: I I don't know anything about dogs. You're I'm completely terrified. Afraid of dogs. dogs? Yes. Yeah. I wasn't raised with animals, um, which is why mo- I feel like most people are afraid of them. Honestly, right. So because they're so if you're not like a Dalmatian or a poodle, I have no idea <laughs> like what the a fuck lab- like something. Kind of, yeah, general. Like, even like a pug. I don't know what the <gasps> fuck that looks like. Like what? I don't like. It needs to be like a very specific thing. <laughs> So when people look at dogs and they're like, mm, that looks like a, like a chihuahua, like box. You don't, oh, I'm that person. That is, I have no idea. I'm that person. Uh, so that's why I thought this should, a rat terrier. She was actually a rat breeding rats. <laughs> no, no, amazing, amazing already. No, a rat terrier is. They're just like a small little dog. Like dog. Yeah, I was like, my aunt had one there. Do you know what like Jack Russells look like? Maybe, kind of. I'm like, why am I doing this to you? You literally just explained <laughs> that this is not something you know. I know what a Yorkie like, looks like. No, I don't know what a Yorkie is. Uh, cut all of this. I'm just deleting all this. This is terrible. It's fine. That's why we do this, is so we can cut all this yeah. out later. <laughs> rat terriers. Do you want to go back into, do you want me to explain to you what a rat terrier is? No. Whatever you want. No. I mean, they're like, they're a little dog. They were, I believe, trained to like, literally hunt rats okay so instead of having a cat yes i see they're they're just they're very tiny and they're they're fun dogs i don't know okay i have nothing more to say about them that's all right that's not my they're not my favorite dogs a woman was brutally murdered a a woman was brutally murdered let's get back to that (laughs) fuck the rat terriers okay (laughs) bobby joe's she's 23 years old she lives in skidmore missouri she breeds rat terriers and uh attends dog shows with them she is a part of a group called Ratter Chatter, which of course she is amazing. Course uh, she is. Which is a forum online for all of these uh, people who are involved in the dog shows and breeding rat terriers. She announces to the group at some point. She's very involved in this group on this forum, connecting with people. All this. She announces to that she's pregnant and that she's due on January of two thousand five. Lisa Montgomery, who was 39 at the time, also a rat terrier breeder in the same kind of circle, in the same general area, on this same forum of ratter chatter, and makes another post announcing that she is also pregnant and she's due in December of 2004. 
kind of bonding with Bobby Joe. She mentions that she was pregnant with twins. One of the twins died in the womb and that she is expecting the surviving twin in December of 2004. Mm -hmm. So they exchange a bunch of messages, kind of striking up this sort of friendship acquaintanceship, yeah. whatever you we're want to call it. We're both preggers and we're both Yes, but we're not, you know, we meet maybe every once in a while at these dog shows, but we're really just communicating online, talking about, you know, baby names and whatever pitfalls of pregnancy yeah, yeah, and yeah. what supplies they need to get, things like that. So they exchange a bunch of messages. In April of 2004, they needed a dog show in uh, Abilene, Kansas. Later that same year, 2004, Lisa emails another dog breeder, Jason Dawson, posing as someone named Darlene Fisher. She says she's looking for puppies for her child. Does he know anybody that has a litter that she can purchase from? Mm -hmm. He says yes. He gives her Bobby Joe's name and Bobby Joe's website. And is like, contact her. I know she had a litter recently. So Fisher at this time, which is not Fisher, it's Lisa Montgomery, emails Bobby Joe and seems like simultaneously joins Ratter Chatter under like a pseudonym of her username was Fisher for Kids. So she, sure. yeah, it's kind of weird. So she messages her on the forum saying, hey, I emailed you, you never got back to me. I'm very interested in getting one of your puppies from your litter. I was recommended to you by this man, Jason Dawson. So she responds to her on this public forum. They arranged to meet the next morning. So this is December 16th, 2004. 2.15 PM, Bobby is talking on the phone with her mom. She mentions that someone's coming over to pick up one of the dogs who's interested in purchasing it. At 2.30, there's a knock on the door. She is still on the phone with her mom. She's like, okay, my person's here, whatever. I'm going to go meet them. I'll talk to you later, whatever. Right. Hangs up the phone, answers the door, sees that it's not someone she's unfamiliar with. It's Lisa Montgomery, who she's met at dog shows right. and knows. I guess some, she invites her in. Lisa immediately attacks her. She has Jesus rope Lord. in her pocket. <gasps> she strangles her to the point that she is unconscious. Stop it. And proceeds to perform an amateur cesarean section. <gasps> I feel like I should have said this. Trigger At this point time, for all of the fucking right. Holy shit. Very intense. This is why I fell down this rabbit hole. I was like, I'm sorry. I never heard of this. What the ever loving fuck. Yeah. She's eight months pregnant. Uh, Bobby Joe is eight months pregnant oh at this point. Lisa performs an amateur cesarean section. Let literally, Lisa's not fucking pregnant. Lisa is not fucking pregnant. This you are girl. correct on the nosy. I mean, I know crazy when I fucking hear it. On the fucking nose. She literally cuts the baby out of Bobby Joe's womb. Stop it. Bobby Joe regains consciousness. Oh! during the procedure uh -uh. and tries to fight her off. Uh -uh. Lisa like gets her unconscious after that in some, I don't know if she chokes her again. I was, it was not clear on that or whether whatever she did gets her unconscious once again, finishes the cesarean section. No. The baby lives. <gasps> she takes the baby. She brings umbilical clamp an umbilical clamp with her in oh addition to the rope is she so like, she does is she have any like medical fucking situation? prepared for this yes 
Of course, because no fucking sane person... I don't even know where the fuck you would buy an umbilical clamp. Just to size... I have no idea. I did not get that information of, like, where she got the umbilical clamp. No, but, like, if you were, like, a medical person, you probably were, like, I just got it. I don't... I... You... I'm sorry. I, she was not a medical person. She just bred rat terriers. I don't know if she maybe had access to it because of that or something. Oh, okay. Or what? I don't know how she okay. got the umbilical okay. clamp. But she shows up at Bobby Joe's house with the umbilical clamp. Yes. The knife, the rope, everything. No. She, um, I did not list any of my sources, which we're going to get into right now. I listened to a podcast with Diane Fanning, who wrote a book, Baby Be Mine, about this whole situation. Uh And she said that, oh, she had watched, um videos of goat cesarean sections so she had like prepared herself to do this Uh brings the umbilical clamp watches a bunch of videos on goat cesarean sections she performs a successful cesarean section like i cannot stress the crazy of this the craziest craziness thank you you're welcome Gimlets are ridiculous. <laughs> that was the other problem. The whole time you told your story, I just drank the whole time and I was like, oh, great. I'm fucked for my story because now I'm like so much. I'm sure I sounded like a rambling lunatic. No, right you way. did not at all. Amazing. So wait, okay, I'm, okay. Do you, I don't know if you have this information. I have so many questions. So many questions. It's fucking crazy, dude. It's crazy. Like, is there like a scalpel or is this like, like a kitchen, kitchen knife? knife? Oh my God. Straight up kitchen knife. Yes. Yes. Yeah. As if it's not traumatizing having a baby already. Already. Like, to literally just push it out of you is traumatizing. And then to... be like, I have to deal with this for the rest of my fucking life. <sighs> okay. Okay. Kitchen knife. I need an adult. This umbilical is a lot. I know, right? Girl. Like, you need somebody to hold your hand. It's fucking ridiculous. So, everything happens. She gets the baby. She leaves. 3.30, which 2.30 was when she came to the house uh-huh. to attack her. Uh-huh. 3.30, Bobby Joe's mom comes back to the house to check on her. Bobby is unconscious but still alive. She has uh, blonde hair in her hands like she fought and like grabbed hair out of her hair. Can uh, you fucking imagine rolling into your daughter's house and seeing her insides on the outside just like on the floor? She literally described it to 911 as uh, it looked like her stomach had exploded. Like I... I would start screaming Chills. and never fucking stop. Never. Basically. We're Holy like, fuck. And she's still alive at this point. Oh so my the mom God. is trying to, like, keep her alive, resuscitate oh her. Uh, paramedics come. She calls on one. The whole shebang. 427. Bobby Joe is declared dead. Oh. She did not survive. Investigation begins. How old was she? Immediately. 23. Oh, my God. I what know. a wee babe. Wee babe. Oh. Heartbreaking. Oh. Investigation begins immediately. FBI starts uh, asking neighbors if they saw anything. One of the neighbors said they saw a beat-up red car around 2.30 that they had never seen around there before, which uh, Lisa Montgomery's car was a old Toyota, red Toyota. They went to put out an Amber Alert, but they were halted because they didn't have a description of the child, which you need a description of the child to set up an Amber Alert. It's like all the fucking babies. And the only person who has ever seen this newborn is the killer, Lisa Montgomery, the person who carved this baby out of the fucking womb. So 
They don't you know like, what this baby looks like. It has placenta on it. Literally. An umbilical cord. That's what the fuck the baby looks like. Amber alert, motherfuckers. Literally. This is the next day, December 17th, 2004. Diane Siktar goes on the forum and sees because the news of this spreads rapidly, obviously. This yeah, is a horrendous case. Like, this is one of those things that, like, everybody tells to everybody. Yeah. There's no way. This is Kansas and Missouri, too. Like, nothing's going on. Like, this is right. the fucking main thing. Right. Diane Siktar goes on the forum, sees Bobby's messages with this new person to the forum, Fisher for Kids. And she is just like, that's weird. She sees the messages that they were about to hook up. She thinks the name is weird. She turns it over to the FBI. The FBI uses that and then also uses um, forensic analysis uh, on the computer to find out that she was communicating with a modem hookup that was associated with Kevin Montgomery's house, which is Lisa Montgomery's husband. They go to Malvern, Kansas. Okay. Which is... I, I, I may be jumping the gun here. Jump the gun. Okay. So this woman's married. This woman is married. And she's just going to roll home with a baby and be like, look what I picked up at the grocery store? Like, what the fuck? She told her husband she was pregnant. Is she been doing the, like, the fake belly? She, uh... Am I jumping on your story? Just, like, say this. No, I love this. All of this. It's perfect. I've already jumped all of my story. I didn't even start with resources, but you started this. (laughs) So, like, this has been just a travesty. It's fine. No, it's... No, this is amazing. I'm obsessed. No, I'm so upset. Like, yeah, like, this is drunk Amy rambling at you right now. No, no, so. you're nailing it. I'm so it's obsessed. Fun. What was your question? <laughs> I've already... So so the husband, like, what the... So, so she's been telling the husband this whole time she's pregnant. Yes. Okay. I... So I guess they're, they're not banging in this time because you would notice a fake belly now. So one of the references that I used is uh, a podcast called True Murder, and it was an interview with the podcast host, Dan Zupansky, with the author of the book, Baby Mind, Diane Fanning, who Mm -hmm. wrote about this whole situation. And Diane Fanning said that he, uh, that she would like swallow air to make, you could like swallow air to make your stomach feel hard. Fuck. Her husband claimed that she had a bunch of the like symptoms of pregnancy. He said her breasts got bigger. She stopped having her period, like her stomach expanded, all of this sort of thing. So she like either was pregnant and then lost it or had a hysterical pregnancy. Okay, I'm we're gonna, getting to it. I'm gonna get into that. I'm gonna get. I'm jumping all the time. I no, you're totally fine. You're on the right track, and I love where your brain's going right now. So they use the computer forensic analysis, which leads them to Kevin Montgomery. They go to Malvern, Kansas, which is where his house is, and are basically waiting outside of his house for him and Lisa Montgomery to come home. Meanwhile, Lisa Montgomery. One transported this baby across state lines. She took it from Skidmore, Missouri uh-huh. to Melbourne, Kansas. Uh-huh. She called her husband. She went to the Topeka uh, Birth and Women's Center, called her husband and was like, I was shopping in Topeka. I went into labor. I went to this birth center to have the baby. I had the baby. Can you come and pick me up? So he gets the two kids that they, whatever, already had. Come and picks the come and picks her up oh my God, okay. with the new baby. He 
100% believes that this is his child. Why the fuck would you not? He, yes, completely believes this is his child because why wouldn't he? His wife has told him told him that she's pregnant. It's been, sorry, I'm like no, playing no, footsie with you and no, I thought it was fine. the chair the whole time. Sweat, yeah. uh, thought she was pregnant the whole time. She's told him she was pregnant and now she showed up with a baby. He believes this baby is his, obviously. They're going around to the Whistle Stop Cafe, the bank. They're showing off their newborn baby, Abigail, which she's named the baby. She is a father's joy. She's showing it to all of her, like, the couple's friends. Which also friends. you shouldn't do for the fucking newborn. You know how fucking disgusting and sick and shit people are. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to quarantine the fuck out of that baby. Oh, yeah. I mean, that being said, my parents definitely had me. <laughs> definitely had me in a, like, bar slash restaurant uh, three days old. And when people were like, I mean, oh, that your baby's so cute. Like, how old is she? My mom would say three. And they were like, <laughs> onto the baby. My mom was like, oh, she's three. And they were like, months? And my mom was like, days. <laughs> and they were like, oh, oh, okay, shit. I mean, I'm completely obsessed with Like, that. have a baby. Uh, I also was a fucking late-ass fat ass baby like two weeks late almost i was over nine pounds my poor mother yeah this is a premature baby like you should be worried for this baby like i was fine let's let's be honest the couple's friends comment kind of the baby's small but otherwise healthy according to the podcast one of her friends right uh, commented she's eight months and not nine and not nine because she was two yes so she's not technically fully gestated yet right uh, Except she's playing everyone that it is fully just. Yes, because that's when she was due. I see. Yes. Good memory. Right. Yes. So apparently, one of the couple's friends commented, like, oh, she has such a round head. Like, that's surprising, considering this was a natural birth right. by this woman, because usually. When you squeeze it out of the badge, it gets a, a fucking head. Play Doh head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas it, you have a very round head, it's typically a cesarean section. So FBI agents are waiting outside the Montgomery's farmhouse for them to return. When they return, they confront her. They're like, hey, we talked to the birth in Women's Center in Topeka. They have no record of the birth. What the fuck is up, yeah. basically? Kevin, her husband, completely shocked, totally believed that she was pregnant and the baby was his. She admits what she's doing, not explicitly, but she according to this podcast, said something to the cops of like, why are you being so nice to me knowing what I did? Oh, shit. So like... She's like, we both know what time it is. Yes. Uh-huh. She's conscious of what she's done, basically. Oh, my God. She's arrested, goes to trial. Her ex-husband, Carl Bowman, who was trying to get custody of their children from her. So, okay. So then I'm following this. She's been married twice. She's been married twice. So the first husband, she had the two kids with. The second husband... She has another two kids with. She has four kids total. Okay. Okay. We need to take, like, a timeout. I'm sorry. I Why like the I didn't... fuck yeah. are the shittiest people the most fertile? I don't know. I, yeah. I don't like, know. It's very infuri- infuriating. You know, and it's... Uh, you see it a lot... And I don't know if it's because they just don't work or they don't have time to, they are not doing anything else and all they do is fuck. But the worst people in the world and the worst parents are the ones who have like 72 kids. And yes. I don't fucking understand that. Yes. It's like, you know what causes this? Just fucking, <laughs> there's so many, there's so many solutions. Like, just don't. 
No, but they do it on purpose, obviously. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I'm sorry. Continue. No, I just fucking, needed to get that no, out because it's that's fucking infuriating. infuriating. It's infuriating. Her ex-husband testified that she couldn't have possibly been pregnant because she had her tubes tied in 1990. Okay. All it's right. 2000 fucking four when the murders are committed. All right, guys. Here's the thing. I'm, I am... Uh, 100% Cuban, and I'm a Scorpio, and I, this is not a visual medium. And, <laughs> and I, you're losing your shit right I now, is basically. My, you're not seeing mind, that. <laughs> and I'm barely staying in my seat listening to this fuckery. Holy fuck. I love it. Oh my god, continue. I'm so happy I picked this now. Okay. <laughs> I told you, the fucking rabbit hole. Like, they literally, October 16th, decided her execution date, and I, like, went down this fucking rabbit hole. She faked five pregnancies after she got her tubes tied two with her ex-husband Carl Bowman three with her current husband who had no fucking idea no fucking idea Uh, wait wait okay I'm sorry wait so wait there's two kids with him yes whose fucking kids are those what do you mean Oh no, she tied she got the tubes tied after with the second husband yes okay all right uh from what I understand, she got the tube side after the last kid. The uh, after the fourth. Yes. Okay, I'm on board now. Okay. Yes. I just th- this is so crazy. I just needed to make sure. Oh, I it's what level no, 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 no. Okay. It's fucking crazy. So she claimed with Kevin, her current husband, that something was wrong with the pregnancies and that she, with the first two pregnancies, and that she needed to get an abortion for those. During the trial, Kevin's ex-wife claimed that he lacked social skills and was easily manipulated, which might kind of give you some understanding of why he believed mm-hmm. that this woman was pregnant this whole time. Yep. She pled not guilty. Obviously. Question mark, exclamation point, what the fuck is literally what I wrote on this fucking <laughs> goddamn paper because... What? Did did she state a why? Like, it wasn't like reason of insanity, just like, period, I didn't do this? So her defense attorney was arguing, pursued an insanity defense, and argued that Lisa suffered a lifetime of mental illness including borderline personality disorder due to the sexual abuse and beatings that she had received from her stepfather. She also became dependent on alcohol at a young age and the defense said she suffered from delusional disorder, a delusional disorder called pseudocyesis, which is where your body displays all of the signs of pregnancy, but you're not actually pregnant. Sometimes this stems from your belief that you actually are pregnant sometimes this stems from a fear that you will become pregnant and therefore your body manifests all these symptoms the psychosomatic shit is crazy it is unbelievable what your body is capable of making you feel and experience the mind is like a super powerful fucking thing it really fucking is it's alarming it really fucking is Mm -hmm. it's one of the, it's kind of one of the creepiest things to me yeah, is like what your mind can actually do to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of plays into the cult thing where it's like, it's so fucking easy to play into all of your some yeah. insecurities and inferiority complex and to just fucking rope you in mm-hmm. and fucking. Cause we all got them. We all have it. Yep. It's like, oh, are you, you know, depressed? Do you not feel like you're connecting with people as well as you you're should? Not happy. Not happy. You feel lost. Oh yeah, are you a fucking person? Great. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Great. Fucking ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> so yes, the defense argues that she suffers from this delusional disorder. Uh, Doctor Park Dietz disputed, which is 
on the prosecution side, disputed that this pseudo-sciesis diagnosis was basically voodoo science. Mm-hmm. Said she completely, the murder was completely premeditated and that she was afraid that her ex-husband Carl would use the fake pregnancy to get custody of the kids. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to interject. No, inter- um, interject. Okay. I'm not even going to call it interrupting. It's not. <laughs> okay, thank you. I yes, appreciate it. Yes, I got it first. Let's assume this is true. Let's assume that she psychosomatically, you know, got bigger tits and a belly and the whole shit and stopped her period. She would have had to, like, literally deluded herself into thinking she hadn't gotten her tubes tied. But, okay, and even, like, let's assume that that's not the case. There's, that still doesn't make you murder, like, cut out a baby from another person. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. No. So you're basically, compl- you're nailing the fucking the prosecution. Yeah. Yes. The Is there, like, right. there's no way she would do this if she actually did believe she was pregnant. Yes. Like, she had to have known she was never going to have this baby, therefore she needed to steal this baby. Yeah. To pass off this lie that she had told her one current husband, but also, if she didn't have this baby, it would give fuel to her ex-husband that she was lying about all these pregnancies. That she fucking was. Yes, because she couldn't possibly be pregnant, and that she was just... So, he would have gotten the kids, and she didn't want him to get the kids. So she literally, yes, yes. So you are nailing the prosecutions right now. So bad, like it's you know. And then I think about like so. One of the things when you, I don't have any kids. Um, I'm blessed. I was like, I don't have any kids. kids. But one of the things that that they do is when the baby, from what I understand, from what I've read, is when the baby's born, they like give it to the mother immediately, and you do this uh, kangaroo care quote unquote thing, where like on your your skin yes skin to skin skin contact. to skin contact and a thing one of the things is, is to bond but one of the things is like the smell of the mother mm-hmm. so they're like so that in a primordial way they're like that's my mother yes so the fact that this baby was ripped away from its mother had not imprinted had not imprinted so that this other fucking bitch yes has the smell a hundred fucking percent fuck you a hundred fucking percent oh Yes, Diane Fanning mentioned this during the podcast, was that she literally took a baby that had not imprinted on the mother so that it could imprint on her. Which is, yes, your facial expression is correct. Horrifying. Like, it's so fucking upsetting. Okay, guys, you know when you go by a used car lot and there's like this inflatable thing with floating (laughs) arms? That has been in me during this entire fucking story. What the fuck? (laughs) Wacky inflatable tube Oh my god. Yes. Because it's fucking crazy. Like, with the fact that I just, like, stumbled across the article there, was like, I had no idea this even had occurred. Like, I, again, rabbit hole. I yeah, was like, I changed yeah. my whole fucking story this week because I was like, yeah, I, yeah. We, I could not fucking believe that anyone had gone to this length to cover up a fake pregnancy. Is fucking, it's fucking crazy. Fucking crazy. Uh, fuck this bitch. Fuck this bitch. But then you're like, she was sexually abused. I don't give she, a fuck. Yeah, it's fuck. fucking... You know what? Here's the thing. One in four women are sexually abused, and they're not and running around cutting yeah. out fucking babies. fetuses and babies and shit. Go fuck yourself. Get a fucking therapist, you know, or like get like a fucking bottle of something. Just and fucking drink like the rest of us. Drink on a bicycle. and watch some like Edward Scissorhands and cry your feelings right? out or some shit. Like, what the fuck? Fuck you. Oh, no. Christ. 
So on October 22nd, 2007, after only five hours of deliberation, the jury found Lisa guilty of kidnapping leading to death, which is a felony. So four days later, they recommended that she be put to death. And then this Friday, October 16th, 2020, the U.S. Department of Justice announced that she would be executed by lethal injection on December 8th, 2020 at a U.S. penitentiary in Terre Haute, Indiana. I'm going to say that totally incorrectly. Uh, she is going to be the first woman executed by the U.S. government in nearly 70 years, and you were correct on the year, since 1953. So, yeah. Holy and that God. is the murder of Bobby Joe Stinnett. That was an amazing story. It was one of the craziest things I've ever fucking heard. Uh, honestly, the thing that got me was that the baby lived. The fact that she... Do we know what happened to the baby? The baby is alive and well. Her name is Victoria Joe Stinnett. She is uh, 15, year old, 15 years old now did she go to like the mom's family or like she went to bobby joe's husband her father zeb stinnett is his name crazy the fact that she performed technically a successful cesarean section yes watching fucking youtube videos on goat cesarean sections is one of the craziest things i've ever fucking heard that was an amazing story. Thank you. Thank you for that. It was that. a little crazy. I was, I was like, yes, all over the place. I will give my resources now since I didn't do it at the beginning because I'm a slacker. Uh, I got resources from Wikipedia, Murderpedia, um, TalkMurderWithMe.com, and the True Murder Podcast by Zan Zapansky, which interviewed Diane Fanning, the, the author of Baby Be Mine. Bam. Amazing. Yay. How do you want to do right. any questions for me? No, I, 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 I interjected so many fucking like, times and asked so many questions. No, I loved it. I loved you being involved with everything. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at another fucking horror podcast. And if you have any true crime stories of your own or any cool paranormal stories, uh, be sure to email us at another fucking horror podcast at gmail.com but instead of the you and fucking it's a period because fuck gmail <laughs> we're not allowed to curse at all apparently mm. hopefully you'll listen hopefully, yeah. <laughs> we'll see where this goes yeah dot 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 yeah. I mean keep it cute keep it creepy yeah, yeah. <laughs>